Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 107 of the J Situation podcast. I'm recording this on March 29th, 2022. How you folks doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, pretty well today. Another crazy week, but I am happy to be doing the podcast this evening for you. (laughs) I am. I think it'll be fun. We're going to have fun. You know, a really neat thing that happened to me today. This morning I woke up, I I got a Google alert that Pew Science was mentioned in an article. And sure enough, Recoil Magazine wrote an article called uh, Suppressor Enhancement. I think they were looking at making silencers quieter. And in that article, uh, which is on their website, you can actually go, go read it, I guess, if you want. They talk about different ablative material, uh, like water, uh, for example. Uh, an ablative is a material that you add to a, the inside of a silencer uh, to make the silencer quieter when you shoot it. So that they're talking about that. Um, you know, they, what's really interesting, um, you know, for example, water is an ablative material. What's really interesting is the article they wrote didn't really go into why the water made it quieter. Uh, You know, the reason water in a silencer makes the suppression increase is because you're using a tremendous amount of energy by flashing the water to steam. Okay, you're, I mean, that's how silencers work, right? It's energy transfer. So that phase change from, from the liquid water to steam, that takes a lot of energy. That's one of the reasons why shooting the silencer wet is quieter. Anyway, so they, they mentioned ablative uh, media, things like that, and they also talked about wipes. I think, you know, because the point of the article was how to make your silencer quieter. So they also talked about wipes, and guess what? They mentioned the Energetic Armament Vox S test that I published. Uh, you know, Remember the one that I did with a wipe on Subsonic 300 Blackout? Yeah, that was Sound Signature Review 638 uh, from March of last year. And actually, it's almost one year to the day uh, prior to, to today. So I think it was, yeah, it was it was in March, late March of last year. <laughs> I published that. Um, and it, it was it was wild. So I saw them mention, and I was like, that's so crazy. But yeah, so Recoil said a nice thing about Pew Science and mentioned my work. And so that was really nice. It was cool. You know, they actually did use decibels as the unit for the suppression rating, which kind of made me cringe a little bit, and it was incorrect. But nonetheless, I think, you know, they they made a mistake, but that's okay. They mentioned the effort, and for that, I am very honored. So I was I just wanted to tell you folks about it. I was like, that's cool. You should go to the article, check it out. Um, I, I left a comment on their article to say, hey, you know, thanks for mentioning it. I'm working hard to give good information. So, you know, thanks for sharing it. So that was really neat. That was a neat surprise. You know, there are certainly more folks learning about silencers all the time. And that is awesome. That's part of the goal, right? And, you know, what's really cool is the E-Form 4s seem to be coming back approved now. And that we were guys, we were just talking about the E Form 4 launch, and people are already getting their silencers back. Uh, that's a pretty big deal. That's cool. And you know, some folks that can take care of those for you, 
Art Silencer Shop. <laughs> the J Situation Podcast is proudly sponsored by Silencer Shop. That's right. You can use their kiosk. You know, you do your fingerprints and photos electronically. And in turn, you cut down on errors. You simplify your silencer purchasing process. You know, you get a money-back guarantee. It's great. No transfer fees. No paperwork errors. It's just you and your silencer with no drama. It truly is silencer ownership simplified. That's right. Thank you, Silencer Shop. They sponsor the podcast and help me keep this going. So thank you to you folks. You're really great. A second support of the podcast, um, supply me ammo to shoot things, <laughs> True Shotgun Club out of Arizona. That's right. And and how do they support? Well, it's, it's pretty simple. You know, um, I put a link in the show notes on every episode now. You click that link in the show notes. Um, it, go, it takes you to their website. And if you buy ammo, you know, using that link, it, it helps the podcast and helps Pew Science. It's pretty simple. And you know, you, what you can also do, if you join their uh, their club, they're basically the Amazon Prime of ammo, their, their A-Zone membership. If you join that, you know, you get free shipping on all the ammo that you buy. And if you use code word PewScience, if you sign up for that membership, the, that code word will give you $20 off the membership. So yeah, use code word PewScience, you get $20 off the A-Zone membership, and you get free shipping the whole year. That's cool. <laughs> you win, they win, they all win. Everyone, win. Everyone wins. It helps the podcast. Simple. Yeah, I hope that helps you. I know a lot of folks have been giving me feedback, saying they... They use it. It worked okay for them. They're they're happy with that service. And uh, yeah, I can tell you, uh, Two Shot sent me. What did they send me the other day? They sent me some. Um, uh, Norma Norma five five six M one ninety three. I wanted to try it out. Guys, send me a case of it. I'm gonna shoot that and see soon what I'm gonna do. I think one of the goals I was talking with them. I would like to get some of this cheaper ammo that's sold, and also some of this foreign ammo. And I like to kind of do some unsuppressed uh, waveform comparisons, see co- what kind of combustion dynamic variations we can discover about, you know, what ammo is really bad, what's not. Like, I don't know if I told you this a while back, guys, but if you look at, like, SNB, for example, um, I've had some pretty loud... I, I tested that with PSoft, the, the 300 Blackout Subsonic, and the SNB was, like, amazingly loud. I couldn't believe it. That's one of the reasons why I test with discrete ballistics, uh, Subsonic 300 Blackout. You, I don't know, you guys have probably seen that on the... On the website there, uh, shout out powerful, powerful David at Discrete Ballistics. He's a Pew Science uh, supporting company. Uh, very good. So yeah, this is a little bit about ammo that might be coming up in the future. I'm trying to, I'm trying to look for ways I can add value to the members of Pew Science, and so I might be providing you guys with something and maybe give some sneak peeks to the public too. We'll see. Anything is possible through science. <laughs> and lastly. Speaking of science, this podcast is sponsored by Pew Science. That's correct. Pushing the silencer industry forward one test at a time. Forcefully, yet gently. Visit PewScience.com for the suppression rating. The simplest and most accurate hearing safe ratings for your suppressed small arms. That's right. Based on true human sound perception specifically tied uh, to hearing damage risk. That's, that's really what we're focusing on. Hearing damage risk of the entire gunshot from before combustion takes place all the way until all the combustion is gone. And the suppression rating is in section five of the science or sound standard. It walks you through gunshot noise. It's sort of like Wikipedia, but it's more fun. It's like curling up with a good book or a friend you've had for a long time. <laughs> there are seven parts. They're all on pewscience.com for you to read. And if you haven't seen the standard, that's okay. 
You skip directly to suppression rating in section 5. It lets you know how silencers stack up in comparison to one another with regard to sound at the muzzle in the shooter's ear. That's right. And it gives you a hearing safe dose limit for the particular platforms on which the silencers are tested. Yeah. Directly tied to hearing damage risk. If the rating's higher, uh, it's probably going to be less risky for your ears there. If it's lower, ah, it's going to be more harsh to you. It might sound louder, might be more damaging to your ears. Okay, that's all there is to it. You're not going to find this information anywhere else in the world. And the sixth section of the standard has all the reviews. Now, I realize I go a little deep. I think even the recoil article I talked about earlier, there's, yeah, he's a little bit deep on this. <laughs> it's true. I am. I like to go deep. Now, if you don't want to go as deep, this is a family show, um, you can take a look at Section 7 of the standard where the rankings table exists. That's right. It's a simple database tool. You can uh, filter it to your heart's content, and there are links in the table to individual reviews. Um, and so once you find something you like, you can click back there, and it'll take you to the standard uh, in Section 6, and you can peruse. That's right. As always, if you're a manufacturer and you would like to use PewScience for private testing and consulting services, there is a form on the website with which you can submit that inquiry. And as always, I tell you this, your contact information and all test data will be held in strict confidence unless, of course, you want to show people the, 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 the fruits of your labor and, and, the, and the, the wonderful data that we produce. We can do that for you in a publication on the website. It is no problem. We live to serve. You can support this podcast. You can support Pew Science. You can support all the testing I do by joining with a membership at pewscience.com. It makes a big difference. It helps a lot. And, and thank you to all the members. It's, it's really making this happen. And also, if you have an aversion to monthly memberships, which, you know, sometimes uh, folks are scared of that, there is a donate feature on the review page. You can, you can give a little bit, you can give a lot of it, or you can give nothing at all. And something else that is free <clears throat> and encouraged is uh, giving a good rating on your uh, favorite podcast provider there. Uh, for example, in Spotify or iTunes, give a good rating there. It will help spread the word and help normalize the use of suppressed small arms. That's right, for the general populace at large. That's one of the goals. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have four topics uh, gathered here today for you. Yeah. Topic one, listener questions are back. That's right. The fourth solicitation just concluded on social media. I put that out there a couple days ago. Let's dive in. Oh, man, you guys, this is going to be a record breaker, I think. Topic two. Oh, man. New sound signature review this week. Boy, howdy. You betcha. That's right. This may be what is referred to as a barn burner, as it were. Maybe. I don't know. I could be using that term incorrectly. It's going to be a good one, though. Topic three. Got a test sample of the new Rugged Razor 556. I did. Just got that in the mail there. Good old Form 3. Uh, I'll, I'll work on it. You know, get, get into the test schedule for you folks. That's going to be, that's definitely going to be a Pew Science member funded test. Um, part of me thinks that that should be members only at this point, but ah, it's such a popular silencer. I want to make sure people see it. Ah, it's, it's a daily struggle. Topic four. Thank you to all the new Pew Science members who have joined. I really do mean that. You make it possible, and really, and I'm serious when I say this, for for that, the entire suppressed small arms community is in your debt. So wear that wear that badge proudly. Okay, let's go ahead and get my notepad here so I can properly delineate where I am in time. 
the fourth dimension. Topic one at a time of 11 minutes and 47 seconds. Okay, you know, this inter interdimensional travel stuff is for the birds. But we got to do it. Yeah, so topic one, listener questions are back. Yeah, the fourth solicitation just concluded. Yeah, let's dive into this. I'm, you know, I just put this solicitation up on an Instagram story a couple of days ago. I, it ran for 24 hours, per typical. That That's typically what we do. You know, we use the standard Instagram story submission form. I, I find it's it's a good way to, to reach a lot of listeners at once. It's efficient for me. The question field is not so big that people go crazy. They get to the point. It, it it's worked well. This is the fourth time we've done it. I, I, we're 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 getting we're getting even better at it. It's good. Yeah. In fact, I think this one was record breaking. There's so many questions. So I went ahead and I <laughs> I transcribed them all into another tab in our wondrous spreadsheet. I did. And so we may now enter that spreadsheet and learn together. Yeah. Let's do this. This is such, what a great thing, man. This is. This is fulfilling to me. And I think it's I think a lot of you like it. I think a lot of you get stuff something out of it. I think you think it's informative. That's the feedback I've received. So yeah, I hope so. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Let's dive in right now. Let's see how many we can get to. All right, get my spreadsheet here on the big screen. Okay. Wow. Global question number 198. Sub-question one of the fourth solicitation. You like the OBC over the LMT for full auto, but what about semi? Similar unlock delay? Hmm. Okay, so this... Thank you for the question, sir or ma'am. Uh, this later gentleman is asking... Let me repeat this question for, for you folks listening. Uh, this later general is asking, or, or they're, first they're stating that I, they've heard me say that I like using the Surefire OBC, the Optimized Bolt Carrier Group, over the LMT Enhanced Carrier for full auto. And they're asking if I also uh, feel the same way about semi-automatic fire with those two systems. And then they're also asking... Uh, do they both have similar unlock delay? Okay, let me get a drink of water one. One second. Okay, so <clears throat> that's an excellent question. Um, you know, I've used the Surefire OBC extensively. And I have also used the Enhanced Full Auto Carrier from LMT. And I recently got my two-year back-ordered full LMT enhanced auto bolt carrier group. Okay, meaning the not only the carrier, but the bolt itself, like the full thingy. You know what I mean? Now, the only upper I have used that full carrier group on so far has been the 13.7 inch intermediate gas build I just did. Right? So I don't have a lot of time behind that full carrier group. Now, previously, and I've talked about this before. Previously, I, I did some internal testing, internal research with equivalent mass systems of the OBC, the LMTE. That's what I'm going to say. Whenever I say LMTE, I mean LMT enhanced. The, so I did equivalent mass system tests with the OBC, 
the LMTE carrier, and a mil-spec carrier. And I found that the ejection port signatures to the shooter's ear uh, quantified by suppression rating. Okay, that's a key differentiator here. I'm not saying the signatures are identical. I'm saying the suppression rating is close. They were close. Untuned platforms. Keyword. Okay, this is a... Okay, so... To answer your question regarding similar unlocking delay, um, I actually don't know the answer for equivalent mass. Um, because all other things equal... Like if you have all, if you have all other things equal in both inertial resistance from mass and spring resistance from recoil spring, like if you could somehow use the same springs in an equivalency, knowing that the two will be different no matter what, because the OBC has a different spring because of the the, the carrier length. I'm sorry, the buffer length and the buffer diameter because the carrier travels further back because of the truncated key. So you got to keep in mind, if you're looking at equivalency, if you could use the same springs somehow, your question is, well, is there a difference in unlock delay if, if, if mass is equal and the spring force is equal and everything? And that, you know, I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, we I think we have to use high-speed video to test that, and I can, but I'm not sure when I will. Now, we could what we could also do what we could also do is perform like careful measurements of the carrier and the cam path. And we could look at that. That's another part of what we could kind of try to look at now. So when you say there's similar, similar unlock delays, well, there's a lot of knobs you're turning. And, you know, if you're comparing OBC in stock form, it's going to be equivalent in mass to an H3 system. Whereas like the LMT, if you give the LMT an H3, well, now it's going to weigh the same as the OBC. And right now I'm telling you that in certain testing I've done now, I haven't done exhaustive testing, but in certain configurations I've done, the suppression rating really, it was not, the the variation was not that much to the point where it's like a wash between the two. And I'm like, well, is that, so is that just a mass thing or is that just happenstance because, you know, I don't know. I, I actually don't know. I don't, so, you know, I, I don't know exactly all the dynamics of the system because we would have to instrument it a little more, I think, to know exactly what's going on. Um, but we can infer some things. Now, also, it could be that maybe if your gun is tuned less, then you start to see a difference. You feel me? See, there's a lot of different knobs to turn. So your question is very difficult to answer in it because, and it's not because it's a bad question. It's because there's a lot, it, because I'm going to say the words, it depends. And I hate saying that, but it depends. So your main question though, let's see, your main question was, what about semi-auto? Because I, I, I gushed about this thing, about the OBC, about how it's awesome for full auto. It's the best. It's the best. Um, but semi-auto, yeah. So, okay, recall, recall though. Recall that general reliability is increased typically i mean usually always almost from a longer stroke okay why well you're giving your magazine more time to feed aren't you when i say longer stroke 
what stroke am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about a stroke. Uh, I'm talking about the, the, the path of your bolt carry group traveling rearward into your receiver extension. That's right. Your buffer tube. You're giving your magazine more time to feed, homie. How does a magazine work? Well, when the bolt carrier is gone and the magazine spring is compressed and all of a sudden there's not something on top of their cartridges anymore, it's like, oh, we can go up. Let's go up. <laughs> well, how long does it take to go up? Well, there's a finite amount of time. Uh, all that ammo has a mass, so it has to move that ammunition through displacement. What is that? Overcoming inertial resistance. F equals MA of how, mu how much the, the, the cartridges weigh in the magazine. What else has to happen? Has to overcome friction. Do all these things happen instantly? Well, no. There's a time associated with... When you fire around from an AR and the bulk carry group reciprocates, and then all of a sudden there's a finite amount of time in which the magazine is sitting there and the, mag the rounds are still down in the magazine and now they have to come up, well, it takes a while from the magazine for the for the rounds to come from where they are, and shift all the way up to the so the next one is ready to feed. Like that takes time. It's not instant. Okay. And what have we what have you learned from going to the reviews of PewScience.com? Uh, everything that happens during gunshot is really fast, and so we have to slow it down. Right. So that's why we look at the graphs, the plots, and things like that. That's why I look at milliseconds. I don't really talk talk about seconds. Everyone's like, well, how come you always talk about milliseconds? Well, because it's smaller than a second, dude. That's why we have that's why we have delineations. <laughs> that's why milliseconds exist. And you know, that's why nanoseconds exist. You, you know, you gotta sometimes you gotta go smaller. What was I talking about? Oh, right. Reliability. So when your magazine has more time to feed, less bad things can happen. I know that's really like simple to say, but it's true. So that's definitely a benefit in full auto fire, as you can imagine, because what happens in full auto fire? Well, you're going fast and you're going to be doing it a lot and you know, your cyclic rate is what it is. And God forbid you have a strange feed rate issue. Now, I think the benefit can move over to semi-auto too, though. I do. And where that comes in specifically is suppressed use. And why would you even be asking this if we weren't talking about silencers? I mean, really, like, what, you shooting not, what, now you're shooting an AR unsuppressed? Come on, man. So when you start to foul everything, which you're going to do, unless you're run, running some kind of flow through silencer like OSS or something, you're going to be making everything dirty. Your magazine's going to be gross. Everything's going to be horrible. It's fine. Um, so sometimes, uh, it's less horrible than, uh, than other times. Yeah. There are things you can do. So when you get that fouling, you start to foul your upper receiver, you start to foul everything in the, the lower, you're going to foul the magazine, the, I mean, the bolt carrier is going to be, everything's getting dirty. You're shooting like a madman. Cause you're, you're just shouting America as loud as you can. Cause that's what we do. It's understandable. We all do that. You're doing that, you're just going to slow things down with a suppressed AR. Okay? So I, I kind of look at this as, well, you're you're shooting that carrier back further. You're giving it a little more time to come back. I feel like your magazines, like it has more time to feed. You're just, you're slowing the system down. You're giving a longer stroke. I just, it it's just... It's more calm. I think it's more forgiving. 
I mean, really, it's by and large, look, the OBC is allowing motion to occur through a larger displacement. It's smooth. It's reliable. And it doesn't matter what the rate of fire is. It works. Uh, like, if you compare it to the LMT, there are some differences. I mean, for example, the LMT, I think it might actually vent a little more gas from the carrier. And I think the LMT is probably still very reliable. I just don't see how it would be more reliable than the OBC, all other things equal. I don't see that. Um, I just don't see how it could be. Now, does that mean you need an OBC? Uh, probably not. Probably doesn't mean that. I mean, does the unlocked delay of the LMTE still provide benefit? I think it probably does. I think it probably does. It will probably help your gun, the, the LMT enhanced care. It will probably help it. Now, I again, I don't have hard quanti quantitative data to share with you to demonstrate that specific that specific kinematic event. Um, it's so I'm I'm going to leave it at that for now, and, and I'm sorry I cannot give you the information you need this time, sir or ma'am. But I hope this I hope this discussion helped to like put things in perspective with um, especially with, with regarding the feeding time. Now I, I'm pretty sure these OBCs are unobtainium. I think Surefire is going to start making them again this year. Uh, I think there might be some issue. I don't know. I uh, I don't know. I. It's the best we got for now. Um, we'll see. I'm I'm holding out hope. I actually have another one on order from them. Back ordered. I, I back ordered one from Surefire last year. Cause I was like, why did I not buy another one of these things? <laughs> I'd put them in all my guns if I could. Now there is now I would I will say, you need to be careful, because there are some cases in which you don't want a carrier that heavy. Okay, you think about 300 blackout sometimes, subsonic. You might not want to carry that heavy. You got to use a lot of gas. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you, maybe it's good for 556. Five, you know, maybe it's good for, for supersonic 300, but maybe you go subsonic 300 blackout. Maybe you don't want an OBC. Because the thing about OBC is you're kind of stuck at that weight unless you open up that buffer and change it. That's a pain in the butt because it's a proprietary buffer. How often do you want to be messing with that thing? So. You know, you gotta ask yourself, what are you doing with the gun? If you if you're just talking about five five six, okay. Yeah, I was thinking maybe for my three hundred blackout semi auto, I was gonna mess with that. I think I was gonna use that LMT carrier, and I was gonna go down to a to an H buffer instead of an H two or H three, just for subs only, and this is only for subsonic three hundred blackout. And then I was thinking, you know what? What if I I was talking to a guy the other day. I was thinking about, and, and I wonder, I wonder, you know what? I wonder if someone asked this question. I, I seem to remember like talking about it with somebody or someone asked the question. And I transcribed it. Well, we'll get to it on a, on, a, on another episode if they, if, if I'm, if I'm getting ahead of it. But I remember talking to a guy and we were postulating. We we're like, you know, what if we just like made the carrier really light on the 300 blackout subsonic? And dialed on the gas really, really, really far. I mean, like, what is the for 300 blackout subsonic specifically? What is the mass threshold? What is the inertial resistant threshold for unlock for adequate unlock delay prior to like full spring compression? Like, what? 
like what's the balancing act going to be you know and because you have that pistol link gas system on a short barrel you know is it forgiving is that you know is that why the q honey badger uses some kind of light carrier you know what i mean like that's a that's a thought i mean i've never i don't have a honey badger i probably will never have one but you know i was thinking about that because <clears throat> i've seen that thing is like oh, they probably use a light carrier in that it's probably interesting so um anyway you know it's all about mass and spring rate and gas impulse and dwell time and sensor back pressure and all those knobs you guys can turn all those knobs so i hope that gives you some uh, food for thought okay that's a good question question 199 local question two from the fourth solicitation guide rods and the tech behind them it's not really a it's not really a question sir ma'am but I uh, I don't know what you want to know. I let me just. Well, I know. I will. I will tell you what I know. <laughs> oh, oh, excuse me. One second. Oh. Man, I cannot fight back that yawn. Um, uh, and please don't be offended. That is not your question. I've just had a very long day. Okay. Yeah. So guide rods. Gosh, where do I start? Well. Okay. I think. I think you're referring to the rod onto which a recoil spring is placed in a semi-auto pistol, right? I think that's what you're speaking about. So, like, you know, like the like the recoil spring assembly in the HKP30L on pscience.com and some of the, the sound signature reviews of the pistol silencers, remember I did a couple of those? Um, that gun has a has a guide rod inside a recoil. It's, it's a recoil spring assembly. It's a captured assembly. You know, an older pistol like my SIG 226 has... Um, it's not captured. It it just it has a guide rod and a and a wire, kind of a um, what do you call that when it's um it's like a twisted wire spring on there. Uh, what do they call that coil? Uh, I don't, name escapes me at the moment, but yeah, that's a little bit different. But it still has a guide rod and a spring. You know, Glock nineteen it has a to, nowadays. Yeah, it has a, it has a captured. Has a captured guide rod and spring, you know, recoil spring assembly. Uh, you know, that recoil spring in the slide assembly of the handgun, uh, that's compressed between the barrel locking lug typically and the slide, right? And so, so what does that do? Well, that is there such that the gross motion of the slide is retarded. Okay, I'm using retarded in the actual. Well, that's what it means it, to to retard, to slow down. Okay, it's the gross motion of the slide is retarded uh, by the recoil spring assembly, right? So when you fire a semi-auto handgun, the momentum from the bullet is transferred into the slide, and the slide starts to move rearward. Right? That's how it, that's how your pistol works. Yeah. So what? Stop the slide from moving rearward. Let's go back. Let's go back in time. How, why is this slide not moving rearward instantly? Well, there's a little bit of a mechanical lock, right? Got to tilt down, all that good stuff. But that's you overcome that pretty quickly. That you can do that with one hand sometimes. You know, do a little press check there when you're done. Um, and then 
you got to overcome the slide's mass or its inertia, right? We talk about inertial resistance a lot with, with uh, reciprocating systems. Uh, you have to overcome the mass. You know, that inertial resistance of that slide, that, that is like the inertial resistance of bolt carriers. We, we just spoke about it. Yeah, just, you just spoke about it, right? So you have the mechanical delay that is short. You have the weight of the slide giving inertial resistance. And what else, what else do you have resisting the slide motion? Well, you got the recoil spring. It's got to compress. And it's compressed a little bit already because you put it in there. But as you force the slide back with that momentum transferred from the bullet, you get more spring compression. And that resisting spring force is proportional to the compressive travel distance and the spring constant. And the spring constant, that's just a fancy way of saying the properties of the spring. Okay. The, the, the mechanical properties of the spring. So, to your question, guide rods, the tech behind them. So, it, it's actually, it's pretty simple. There are really only, the guide rods are only there to hold the spring in place so that it doesn't bend and kink. And so it has a path through which to operate linearly. You got to put it, you got to have your spring not pop out and, you know, <clears throat> you want to move it in the right place. You want the displacement to be pretty linear. That is very important in a in a in a reciprocating system like this. You want the displacement to be fairly linear. Now you could change properties of the guide rod. For for example, like what if you made it heavier? Like what if you made the guide rod heavier? Like what if you increased its weight? What would happen? It increased its mass. Would that change the unlocking of the pistol? Uh, it might not, because you know you're, you're you're adding inertial resistance to the guide rod, you're adding mass, but you're not moving that mass through displacement to take advantage of that inertial resistance when your slide moves. Okay, so with regard to unlock time, that's not really changing. But let's zoom out. Okay. Zoom out and change your frame of reference from slide movement to gross pistol movement. Okay, so now observe the entire firearm moving rearward. The entire gun's going to start moving back. Or maybe maybe through a recoil arc in your hands, right? So you, you'll, you'll see that there is, there is, in fact, translation of the guide rod through space. If you look, if you if you change your frame of reference, you're like, well, now I'm now I'm looking at my whole my arm moving, the gun's moving. Now my guide rod is moving through the displacement. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it was moving a little bit if your reference point is the slide, but it's not moving like it's moving compared to reference point being your head. You know what I mean? If you reference something else as a fixed point, like your body or your head, instead of the handgun frame, it's a different ballgame. So in that case, what would the guide rod do if it added inertial resistance in that frame of reference? Well, it might help reduce recoil a little bit, or maybe muzzle flip, or whatever you want to call them, the motion the handgun makes when you try to hold it when you shoot it. It's gonna The gun wants to move... Uh, you, you add mass to the it, something, it's going to move less. Why? You added mass. Inertial resistance. So. 
It's not going to change your unlock, but it certainly, it certainly might change your recoil if you made the guide rod heavier, for example. So, so yeah. So that's what I know about guide rods. <laughs> that's all I know. I think. I mean, I, I can't think of anything else to tell you about them. Um, I hope that answers questions you may have, sir, ma'am. Uh, they're very simple parts. There's literally nothing. There's no moving parts to a guide rod. It's just a. It's just a piece of aluminum or steel or plastic. Really, titanium, mate. I don't know. They're simple. I feel like there really isn't a lot to know. Um, just make sure it fits and it's not like too heavy for you. Make sure the gun works, I guess. I don't I don't see anything else you really need to know about something like that. Um, I wonder if people are selling super duper crazy expensive ones and maybe that's why you're asking. Maybe someone's trying to sell you something that does something that it doesn't really do. That could happen. Yeah. Hope that helps. <clears throat> okay. That's a good question, sir man. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Ah, question number 200. Sub-question three of the fourth solicitation. This is insane. SRT Arms, science or review? Oh, yeah, I remember transcribing this. SRT Arms. Man, I have not heard that name in a while. I was thinking, I was like, when have I, when have I heard SRT Arms in the recent past? They must have been, are they marketing again or something? That's wild. Um... Yeah, I think it would be awesome to test some SRT stuff. I mean, that's old. I, I've i seen back in the day, what what do we have? We had some 9mm integrals, right? Is integral AR, 9mm AR integral uh, weapon. They had, um, you know what SRT would do? <clears throat> I'm almost, <clears throat> excuse me. One, I got to pause this one moment. Sorry, guys, I gotta stop doing these podcasts at the end of the long day when I talk all day, losing my voice by the time I get to you. <laughs> um, I was saying SRT, SRT arms. I'm pretty sure I, we should Google this right now because I am pretty sure they make some neat looking old school Ruger Mark III or Ruger Mark II. Well, it wouldn't be Mark II anymore. Like Ruger Mark III integrals, uh, rimfire. Let me pull up a, let me go ahead and Google. SRT arms silencer. Huh. Dealer. Oh man, Silencer Talk had a link on it. Let me see who's on there talking about it. What was this? This is like from 2010. Yeah, okay, that shows you people are talking about about it back 12 years ago. So that shows you that you know they've been around a while, which they certainly have. Let me see if I can find their website. Their website's not coming up. That is really weird. Oh, srtarms.com. That's easy. Hmm. Our website is being revamped. Please be patient. Our products include... Yeah, okay. Integrally suppressed Ruger Mark, etc. And Brownie Buck Marks. They do the Ruger 77. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they're doing... They're doing... Um, so they're doing muzzle suppressors and they're doing integral in, integrally suppressors. Click here for product and price list. Okay. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, these guys have been around a while. Um, I think it would be super cool to test their stuff. Just, I mean, for historical record, frankly. And I, it looks like they're still around. Because I saw some dealers had them on their site. So that's really cool. Yeah. So to your question, sir, ma'am. Um, yeah. I, I certainly, I'd be happy to. I, I don't own any SRTs. I don't have them in inventory. I mean, they're really old. Um, I, I mean, they could be great. I mean, I'm sure the rimfire is kind of cool and quiet. 
Um, I don't know about the other other stuff. I've never even seen some of the other stuff, but it looks like they had some center fire stuff too. So yeah, if they're interested in testing, I'll certainly be happy to help them with that or maybe we'll get around to it eventually. Good question. Okay, uh, question 201, sub-question four. Has Knight's Armament Corporation or court company, is it Knight's Armament Corporation or company? Yeah. Has Knight's Armament sent you some QDC silencers to test yet? Is that official? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, wow, you guys really think things happen faster than they possibly can, don't you? <laughs> um, no, we just started talking, and I think they're busy, and I, we're develop. I'm, I'm really that, that relationship is developing right now. So the short answer is no. The KSC has not sent me any silencers. Will they? I don't know. I honestly have no idea what's going to happen. Um, I think it's too early to tell. I think we'll, we're going to see what happens. Uh, they said some nice things, um, which to me about what I'm doing, which made me happy. And, and I think that's a good sign. It makes me optimistic. But I think it's too early to speak about this in detail, really. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay, so thanks for your question. Thank, thank you for that question. I think I think we'll, we'll we're gonna have to see. Yeah. Okay, let's do another one here. Question two hundred and two. Um, sub question five. Have you seen the bootleg adjustable bolt carrier group? Thoughts? They say it increases dwell time. Oh, man, what's with the bolt carrier group questions? <laughs> it's almost like I talk about it. No, um, uh, bootleg. Yeah, I've seen it. Because it's been around a very long time. Uh, that thing is not new at all. Uh, actually, it's funny. There's a couple of different... They're just branded by different people, and they call them different stuff, but they're really the same pr principle and the same thing. If I recall, this one specifically works by venting a ton of gas impulse out of the carrier. Right? So could it increase lock time? Sure. You, you said that they say it increases dwell time. Could it increase lock time? Sure. <laughs> when you say dwell time, you probably mean lock time. And if they said dwell time, they probably mean lock time as well. Um, it's not that the term dwell time in this context is wrong necessarily, but typically with this weapon system, we refer to dwell time as the time it takes for the bullet to pass the gas port, but before it leaves the muzzle crown. So that's the duration of time your gas impulse into your gas port is at the highest amplitude dynamically. Okay, that's what we say dwell time is. Usually. It doesn't mean, need to be that. And you can certainly, if you want, you can certainly call lock time dwell time. But we just need to know what you're saying when you say it. If you define terms, you can call it purple monkey elephant. And I, I'm, I'm fine with that. You just got to tell me what purple monkey elephant means. And we can use the same vocabulary. You feel me? Okay. Now, I'm not blaming you, sir or ma'am. It could be that they're saying it. And you know what? Frankly... Well, I was going to say, let's go to the website, but I, I think it could increase lock time of your bolt. But the reason that would happen is because you're literally venting gas from the gas tube to atmosphere instead of using all of the impulse to force the carrier back to unlock the bolt. <laughs> but at what cost are you doing this? What are you going to do? Well, you're going to get gas in your face because you're literally now you're what are you doing? You're taking gas from the gas tube and you're literally venting it at your face through the carrier in order to bleed. You're basically bleeding off gas instead. This is you know what you're actually doing, dude. 
you're using the bleed-off mode of a superlative arms gas block, but you're doing it at the carrier instead of the gas block. So all that venting at the at the at the superlative arms, if you use a superlative arms bleed-off gas block in bleed-off mode instead of restricted mode, you're dumping gas just like a piston block would vent, right? Now you're doing it at the carrier. So it's even closer to your face. <laughs> You're going to get gas in your face because it's literally venting right at your face, right? It's venting at a carrier. So that seems sloppy to me, dude. I don't, me personally, I would have no desire to use something like that. I don't, I would want to limit the gas impulse closer to the source. I mean, one step would be you limited at the, at the gas block with, with the vent or you restricted at the vent. <laughs> Why? Or... You you make the dwell time shorter too. Why would you? I don't, I'm googling it. We're going to Google. We're doing it again. All right, Google bootleg bootleg incorporated. Oh, that's cool. Clicking on it right now. Hundred ninety nine dollars. Two hundred bucks. All right. Maybe it's good. Complete bolt carrier group, machine from S7 tool steel, lithium isonite coating, for setting adjustable vent system. Relieves excess gas pressure created from suppressor use, creating longer dwell time and less blowback to the shooter. Okay. That's not true. Well, it's not really dwell time. Like I just explained, it's not dwell time like we always talk about dwell time. It's lock time. It says less blowback to the shooter. Well... Does it create less blowback or does it trade blowback for gas vent? Maybe they maybe it maybe there's a tipping point. Maybe there's a tipping point. Huh. Gas adjustment can be tuned while installed in the rifle. It uses all standard mil spec components. Well, except for the fact that it's not mil spec. Um <laughs> staked mil spec gas key. Adjustment pin is re easily removed for cleaning. Full auto rated. Full auto rated. What's that even mean, dude? All right. Let me click on the. Let me look if I can find a close up of the vent array so I can tell you more. And speaking more intelligently, of this. Let me click the little thing, make it bigger. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. This is just like the Gemtech rebadged. Maybe Gemtech rebadged theirs or something. Okay. Okay. So what you see here, I mean, I don't know what exactly what it looks like inside, but I can walk you through it from the outside. So uh, your carry key is uh, screwed into the bolt carrier, right? And then um, those, those are staked. And then below that, in this particular carrier, there is an adjustment screw. And there are different settings. There's like an unsuppressed one setting, and there's a suppressed setting, and it looks like there's two positions between those two U and S letters. So it looks like on the unsuppressed setting, what I bet, I bet you it operates like a normal bolt carrier. I don't know that for sure, but I bet you it does. And I bet you as you turn that screw counterclockwise, what it's doing is it's probably, that screw probably has, I want to say that screw probably has a hole in it. And it is closing or opening the path or uh, actually it's probably introduce. it's probably completing a path from carrier key gas travel to atmosphere on the way to the bolt understand so when the 
gas impulse impinges upon the interior of the carrier key and travels down in there. And what it's supposed to do is force the carrier back so that you can move the cam on the bolt through the cam path in the carrier, rotate the bolt, and unlock the system. When it's supposed to do that, what this thing is doing is it's letting some of that gas vent directly out of this carrier so that it doesn't have enough gas impulse to unlock as early. So what they're saying is they're going to reduce blowback by keeping the chamber closed longer, which is what we love to do. That's a good way to do it, except this is also venting gas. So where is that gas going, I guess is my question. Is that gas Is that gas going to go out? Now, this is different gas. This isn't barrel gas. See, there's blowback can happen for a few reasons, right? What's blowback? Blowback is from the, the gas in the barrel and the gas from the a little bit of the gas from the carrier key. This one is letting the carrier key gas out first when you vent it. So is that going to help you with gassing? Is it going to be just as bad if you had a normal, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It could be better. Is it the best? I don't know. Is it better to use a superlative arms? Uh, if, you're good, if you want to bleed gas, don't you want to do it at the away from your face? I mean, it would be my first inclination. You know, so what I'm saying is I haven't tested this, but these are this was what's going through my head and some of the questions it's raising for me. Okay, okay, so that's what I would I would kind of question whether or not that's the the most intelligent. Now it may be easy to use, whether or not it's the best solution. Nah, I'm skeptical. And nah, no, this is nothing against them. I'm just calling it like it is. They could call it anything they want. It could be a different company. I'm just telling you mechanically how it works. Okay, yeah. That's pretty much I. The, the, my verdict is I would want to limit the gas impulse closer to the source than at my face. By the time it's, it's to my face, I want I want it to be mechanical in nature, not new, not a pneumatic vent. That's probably good. Okay, let's we're gonna highlight that question, and that's we're gonna stop there for today. <laughs> that's a good good place to stop as any. I think what what are, what are we doing on time? Forty nine minutes. Oh yeah, perfect. Okay. Okay, I'm going to highlight that question, and there's plenty more to go. We're going to dig into these, and it's going to be awesome. Okay, save that, close that, perfect. That's a good warm-up for listener questions for the solicitation. All right, topic two at a time of 50 minutes and 22 seconds. Let me get some water. Oh, man, that's right. I almost forgot about this topic. New sound signature review this week. Boy, howdy. Oh. It's going to be a barn burner. Uh, it, watch, you won't even be excited about it. Uh, you might be. Um, it's going to be good, I think. And I've finally got around to this one. Wow, it has been a minute. You're not going to guess. and But, you know, then when you see it, though, you're going to be like, oh, I forgot about that. But also, it's really highly requested. Like, people have been actually... Actually, you know what? This might be one of the most requested reviews I've gotten. And you wouldn't think so. But there is good reason. Significant interest in it. Buckle up. Um, I will undoubtedly... This is the warning. Undoubtedly, I'm going to take a lot of heat for this one. 
I am. I'm going to be called names and uh, people will accuse me of this and that. And uh, it's going to be a tough one for me. I, I'm already going to, I already know. I, I've already prepared myself mentally for that. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it's going to be really cool. And I'm super excited to give all of you the data and analysis. And it's a big hole in the data set, I think. And I think it's going to, it's going to stoke the fires of curiosity for more data like it. And I think it will probably also make some jaws drop, but not necessarily for those people who already use the silencer. I think the people who use the silencer in the particular application uh, that I'm going to show are going to be like, yep, that's pretty much right. And that's going to be cool. I love when it happens. So yeah, how's that for a string of hints? <laughs> I totally like giving you i almost feel bad giving you that much that many hands because just uh don't worry not not that much longer to wait you'll have the data soon i'm telling you this week is super crazy for me though i i hope to get it out to you on time there's gonna be some late nights for jay this week man i'm gonna be burning the candle at both ends this week but it's gonna be cool it's gonna be worth it i'm i maybe i'm gonna go shoot this weekend so i'm gonna use that in the back of my mind <laughs> be like oh man if i if i do good and i do a good job and, and, and it's gonna be good i can go shooting it's like this little reward you give yourself <laughs> i really no really though i needed some more time i need to go shooting i'm gonna try some of that norma ammo was it norma yeah norma i'm gonna try some of that norma 556 ammo i got from true shot yeah i'm excited about that yeah pray for me no <laughs> thank you though i think that's gonna be good okay topic three at a time of 53 minutes and 19 seconds oh man i got a test sample of the new rugged razor 556 guys i got one and i'm gonna work it into the test schedule I got it sent. I got it from a distributor, and it was I. It was not rugged. Rugged did not send me this. Um, I you know, and I usually don't accept random silencers for testing. It's not really how this works, uh, but the the demand for this one is high, and rugged has not released a new rifle silencer in quite a long time, and I am gonna try to work this into the testing schedule. I'm going to use Pew Science member funding to do it, and therefore I am not sure when it's going to be tested. Um, and I'm not sure when I'm going to have time to analyze the data and then publish it. So, but I just know, want you to know that it's going to happen. Um, Rugged is not a Pew Science client, uh, but they did. You know what? They did compliment my work the other day publicly, which was really cool. And so that was nice. Um, I do not think they have an interest in using Pew Science, uh, which is fine, totally fine. Uh, but they certainly have been paying attention. And and if you and if you look, it's funny. You can see it in some of their marketing language now. They're using the word impulse. That's pretty big for a company like that to use the word impulse, isn't it? Um, now, if you're out there, Henry, uh, know that I think your silencers are neat, and I hope you're doing well. Okay, gentleman and a scholar. Yeah, so it's an interesting silencer. The, you know, the bore, it's funny. You're just looking at it. The bore is bigger than you would think. I haven't mic'd it or, not, or put calipers on it, but I, I bet you the, the bore is bigger than you would think. Um, you know, the 556 end cap, on this one, it's different than the old 5.56 end cap uh, you could put on the old 7.62 rugged silencer. It's a different end cap. It has a little bit of rounded orifice, a little different, a little different. You know, some of it's cosmetic, maybe. Some of it's function. I don't know. It's nice. You know, it only has three baffles in it. I'm like, what? As bro, it's bro, it's it's gonna flow. I this here's my prediction with no testing at all. This thing's still in the plastic. 
I, I put it back in its container. My prediction, I bet it flows fast for a 5.56 silencer. Um, yeah, you already know it's going to. Three baffles, and and the bore is a little bit bigger than I think it it it, it has it 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 has to be for five five six. Yeah, you already know it's going to flow fast. And and you see the marketing language they use. They're talking about well, reduce back pressure. So you know you know the gas dynamics are going to be a little more flowy. You think you know that omega metric is going to drop a little bit. So the question is, how is it going to stack up to the seven six two razor on the Mark eighteen? And remember, I tested the 7.62 Razor also with the 5.56 end cap, which mem- Pew Science members saw. So now we're going to find out. Isn't that cool? So I got both of them. We're going to find out. I got my personal Rugged Razor 7.62. And now I got this test unit Razor 5.56. And now we get to compare them. That's cool. So that'll be a cool internal Pew Science study coming up sometime. I'm not making any promises with the deliverable, but just know that I, I will be testing it. So I just want to let you guys know that. I, I did post an Instagram story of me holding it. Uh, some of you asked me if that was the 5.56 version. It is. One thing you noticed is the locking collar kind of looks like a radiant locking collar, more, more so than like the older school one. So that was cool. And also the mount it comes with, it's the little M2 brake from Rugged, and it's a half 28. And I'm telling, uh, I say I've said this before, but as far as mounting systems that are proprietary, I like the rugged system is 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 a pretty good one. It's is it perfect? Absolutely not. But I do like it, and that little M2 brake is so little little light and tough, and yeah, and you know, I think what did they say about the rugged? So there's no barrel length restrictions, full auto, belt fed, yada yada. I mean, yeah, it's stellite baffles, and there's three of them, so it'd be all right. It might be a good little... It's not that heavy. It might be a good little 5.56 sensor. I don't know. We'll see how, how it does on the Mark 18. We'll see. It's going to be crazy when like I start doing 5.56 testing on 16-inch and all the results change and everyone freaks out. <laughs> Imagine that. The Mark 18 being weird. Okay. Topic four at a time of 57 minutes and 51 seconds. Let's see if I can hit exactly an hour on the dot here. If I can hit the hit the post, as they say. <laughs> There's no way. Um, yeah, topic four. Thank you to all the new Pew Science members who have joined to support the effort. Um, I know I thank you every time, but dang it, man. It's so awesome. We just celebrated the second anniversary of the Science or Sound Center. It's not really the second anniversary of Pew Science because I really I founded Pew Science in 2019. Um, it's just that you guys didn't see the Science or Sound Standard launched until 2020. In March of 2020, but so we, we we celebrated the second anniversary of the, of the standard. It was two days ago, three days ago. Look at the calendar right now. It was the 26th, right? Three days ago now. Um, and you know already since then, a couple of folks have joined. <laughs> so wild, and 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 they put their hat in the ring to support. This, this this incredibly insane effort to characterize sciences for the world, and, and all of you who joined prior, I, th- I think I've emailed you. I think I've sent welcome emails to all you folks. Um, if I missed you, please harass me. Send me an email, be like Jay, what's up? I joined. Where's my email, bro? Did you forget me? No, I didn't forget you. I just might be behind. Yeah, but um, I I. 
again, I think all of you every time, sometimes I feel like it's going to be redundant, but every time it's not. And I, I mean it every time. And I think it's important every time. And you guys are trusting this. You're you're putting your support forth monthly. And it helps to keep me going. We're a team. And teams win together. And we face challenges together too. And I think we should keep doing it. It's been really fun. So stay tuned for some data this week. This is going to be wild. And it's going to rock your world. <laughs> Until next time, friends. Stay safe. And I will talk with you folks again soon. All right. Bye.